Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, this morning, we are going to wrap up a series that we've been on called The Unholy Trinity. We've done two weeks. I took the week off last week to be with my wife and family for her birthday. And so Pastor Mitch did an awesome job last weekend sharing with you guys. So we're going to... Yeah. We're going to finish this series. I know a lot of people have been trying to figure out what is week three by the little icons that you saw on the screen. Some of you have figured it out. Some of you have no clue um, from, from your answers what it's going to be. So we're going to reveal that to you this morning. But we're going to kick off a, a new series next weekend. It's going to be a great series called The In Crowd. So don't miss that. That's starting next week. And that's actually going to run us right up to Easter. Can you believe it? Can you believe it that we are in March? Unbelievable. So the unholy trinity. To start off with, we have to obviously reference what the Holy Trinity is. You've heard of the Holy Trinity. That's the Father, that's the Son, and that's the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know this. Over the last few weeks, we have, we did a series or weekend on the defeated devil. We did a weekend on the woke world. And how many know the Bible says those are, those are two of our enemies, the world and the devil. But there's one more enemy, and he's probably stronger than the woke world, and he's even stronger than the devil. How many would like to know what that enemy is? <clears throat> it's your flesh. It is your flesh. So the unholy trinity looks like this, the world, the flesh, and the devil. As I mentioned, we've talked about those others. So guess what we're going to talk about this morning? Your flesh. It is the, it is the most challenging enemy in your life. How many are ready to go? How many, how many are like, no, I want, I want out of here now. No, we're we're going we're, we're gonna to help you out. Um, when you got born again or when you got saved, according to the Bible, you were made into a brand new creation. The Bible actually says it this way, that anyone who belongs to Christ has now become a new person. Everyone say new. It actually goes on, it says this, the old has passed away, and behold, all things have begun anew. So at your salvation, that was a spiritual experience. The spirit man inside of you was born again. But it was not emotional and it was not physical. Now, it created emotions, it created feelings, but I want you to know it was a spiritual thing not just some emotional thing. It was a deep spiritual thing that happened, not just some physical thing that happened. For example, ladies, if you were blonde before you got saved, guess what? You were blonde after you got saved. Guys, if you were 6'4 or 5'2 before you got saved, guess what? After you were saved, you were still 6'4 or 5'2. It wasn't a physical thing and don't just relegate it or delegate it to being an emotional thing. It was an absolute spiritual alteration. It was an absolute spiritual change in your life. It wasn't soulish, which means this. Anytime the Bible talks about your soul, it's talking about that being your mind, your will, and your emotion. And it wasn't a physical or a fleshly thing. It was a spiritual thing. Let me help you out. According to Scripture, the Bible says that all of us are three-dimensional. We, we have a spirit down deep inside of us that's the eternal part of us. We have a, a soul. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions, and then we have this flesh. So 
according to the Bible, we're three-dimensional. So when you got saved, guess what? Your spirit got born again. It got saved. You are a complete work in your spirit. That's the eternal part of you. That's where God resides. That is completely changed, altered, and completely made new. But your mind didn't get changed overnight. And guess what? Your flesh didn't either. That's why the Bible is very clear that we need to take our minds and renew them to the Word of God. And we need to take our flesh and subdue it or discipline it. How many love the word discipline? So here's my title for this morning, The Frustrating Flesh. The Frustrating Flesh. The reason why I call it The Frustrating Flesh is because I believe this, a believer, a fleshly believer is a very frustrated believer. Let, Let me prove that to you with a scripture have you all ever heard of Paul? This dude, he wrote like most of the New Testament. Okay, everybody, everybody knows him. He was frustrated with his flesh. Listen to this. This is in Romans. It says, for I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me. But willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it. It's the unwelcome intruder of sin that hinders me from being who I really am. Paul is saying this. Let me know if you can identify. I want to do what's right. I desire to do what's right and not what's wrong. But man, sometimes I end up doing what I don't want to do. And Paul said this, he said, I realize that there's something working in my flesh. One translation goes on to say, woe is me. Have you ever just felt frustrated because your flesh just seems like it's hard to turn off? Have you ever felt like I want to do what's right, but you struggle sometimes and you do the thing you didn't want to do? Am I talking to the right crowd? That can be really frustrating because we love God, we want to be an overcomer, but we have this fight in our flesh. And Paul said this so so eloquently, he said, because there's this thing in me to still want to do wrong, he said, that's just a tendency of the old flesh. But I do see working in me a different principle, the spirit of principle of spirit and life. So what Paul said is, I am born again, I am brand new. There's just some old residue and tendency left over that still affects me. Have you ever felt that way? So let me help you. If you are a born again believer and Jesus is alive inside of you, there is a brand new principle, there is a brand new spiritual principle working in you. You might be frustrated that you still do some things, but thank God you don't do them like you used to. You have come a long ways. You're not there yet, but you have come a long way. But there is something new working in you, something good working in you. But there's just some old tendency and some old residue working in you, but it's still active and it's still challenging and it can be frustrating. So what do you and I do with that frustration? Well, I want, I want to talk about this this morning. There are three words that your flesh hates to hear. I want to help you today to be, uh, start to overcome areas of your flesh, and we all have them. We all, we, remember, your, your spirit's made new. It's born again. You are, you are fresh and new in your spiritual man. You're brand new. The Bible says the old man has actually passed away. But in your thinking and in your flesh, I mean, you know, there's some old tendencies. 
There's some old thinking. There's some old desires. And it can be challenging, but it gets frustrating for us. Three words that your flesh hates to hear. Life point number one, you ready? Your flesh hates the word surrender. It hates the word surrender. You know why it hates the word surrender? Because you and I are self-reliant people. We are selfish people. And our flesh hates the word surrender. Let's just, just practice here. How many of you love it when you get to admit that you're wrong? Like you can't wait. Like I just want to tell you I'm wrong. I am wrong. We used to joke when my daughters were younger uh, my, my oldest daughter would, she would do something and she would come and tell on herself all the time. My youngest daughter would do something. We would have it on video and she's like, that's not me. That is not me. I didn't do that. <laughs> we, we don't like to admit when we're wrong. We don't like to apologize. We don't like to give in. We don't, we do not love to be corrected. Why? Because we don't, lo- we don't like to surrender. Our flesh hates the word Surrender. But I'm, I'm, I'm here this morning to help you in the area of your flesh. How many want your spirit to dominate your life and your flesh to lose? Well, just because you got saved, that didn't happen. Let, let's take a poll. Um, if you're saved, you're born again, Jesus lives in you, have you ever made a mistake since? Um, how, have you ever still dealt with your flesh? Have you ever still gotten mad, angry? Have you ever been stubborn? Okay, I'm talking to the, some of you like, no, not really. Um, <laughs> you can go on the Applebee's. The rest of us got to work some work to do this morning. But surrender is hard. But I want you to know in, in surrendering is the power for God to begin to empower you to overcome your flesh. Romans chapter 12. We've been in, in Romans. Let's just stay there for, for a moment. Familiar verses, I know, but two verses here in chapter 12. Beloved friends, so Paul, once again, he's talking to guess who? Us. Beloved friends, what should be your proper response to God's amazing, marvelous mercy? And here's our response. What's it say? Surrender. Has God been amazing to anybody? Has his mercy just been amazing? Have you ever experienced grace from God and you did not deserve it? Um, if it wasn't for the grace of God, how many would say, I might not be sitting here today at all? Can you just say, like, man, God is just so faithful to his mercy and grace, I absolutely do not deserve it. If that's true, but what, what's your response? Well, the Bible says it's to surrender. It's to surrender to God to be a sacred living sacrifice. And to go on and live in holiness, to experience all the delights of his heart, or that delights his heart, this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be transformed on the inside by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you, what, think. Now look what it says, then he will empower you to be able to discern his will as you live a beautiful life that's satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Here's what that means. Because of his grace, we should take all of us every day and just surrender it. You know what that means? To put at his disposal every day. Every day. 
That's our act of worship. That's our gift back to God that we lay that down. And I see everyone shaking their head, but here's what that means. Every day we come to God and we got to lay some things down, our flesh. Okay, here's what that means. Our attitudes, our opinions, our desires, our habits, our choices, our future. We just asked a moment ago, how amazing has God been to you? Oh, he's amazing. Without his grace, where would I be? Well, then what's your response? My response is every day, I got to take my thinking, my believing, my attitudes, and I just have to keep surrendering them to him, all of my urge, and surrender every day. That's my act of worship. I think we struggle there sometimes. Listen, I think this is really cool. I wrote this down. I came up with this myself, so at least make me feel good. Listen to this. The most frustrated believer is one who surrendered at salvation but refuses to yield thereafter. Okay, thank you. I like that. The most frustrated believer is one who at the moment of salvation was willing to surrender, but from that moment thereafter, they refuse to. And I want you to know, if we outgrow that humble response of surrendering, we're going to be very frustrated because you needed Jesus to save you. You also need Jesus to get you through and get you over. He changed your spirit at salvation. If you'll let him, he'll change your stinking thinking. He'll change the, the desires of your flesh. But unless we keep surrendering them, they're going to keep frustrating us. So this thing I've learned as I've gotten older in the Lord is that it really is all about surrender every day, every morning. Actually, I'll go as far as to say this, that surrender is where real freedom actually begins. When we feel like surrendering is giving up. No, surrendering is actually where real freedom begins. I'm going to lay down my wants, my desires, my urges, my thoughts, my opinions, and we all have them, and we're laying them down. Not, not the ones that are biblically accurate. I'm just talking about all the other ones that are of the flesh and the way I grew up and the things I've learned and the tendencies and all this stuff. I'm going to keep laying them down. I just want to surrender them every day because that's where real freedom begins. Because I want to shock you. Grab your seat. You're not right about everything. If you were, you, wouldn't needed a, you would have not needed a Savior to begin with. And you needed a Savior to begin with, and you need a Savior to continue with. And here's the amazing thing, according to that scripture, when you begin to surrender every day, the Bible says, then you can discern what the will of God is. We just read it. That's, that's what will help you surrender the will of God. Otherwise, you will have trouble discerning the will of God, whether it's for future decisions, present decisions, for opinions, desires, things to deal with, money, health, resources. You will struggle with the will of God unless you keep laying you down every day because you will get in your way. This is why I say a frustrated believer is one who refuses to surrender every day. That's not a, I know it's not a popular point. That, that's not like one of the, oh, preach it, pastor. You're like, well, we don't need this. No, you need this. I'm trying to get you over to the next level. You have three enemies, the devil, 
the world, and guess what? Your flesh. And Jesus gives you the authority and the power to conquer the devil, the authority and the power to overcome the world, and he'll give you the authority and the power to subdue your flesh as well. Everyone say, surrender. Now, as soon as I said that word this morning, no one in this room was like, praise the Lord. Nobody. The Holy Spirit didn't break out in here because everyone was like, surrender? I don't want to surrender. That's your flesh. But I want to encourage you. You get up tomorrow morning and say, God, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. I lay me down. Now, probably by noon, there'll be a reason why the flesh wakes back up and says, I'm back. And then you might have a situation at work. You may have a situation with your kids. You might even have a situation with your spouse, and you need to go in the bathroom or the closet or somewhere or get in the car or take a walk and say, flesh, I lay you down. How many know marriage will test that? Because you, you want to lay their flesh down, not your flesh. <laughs> but your flesh hates the word surrender. So here's what you do to break the power of something. You do the opposite. Your flesh wants to take over. What do you do? I surrender. Sometimes you might need to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes you might need to say, I'm wrong. I was wrong. Y'all remember happy days? Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Remember the fawns? Hey, that's why I wore this jacket. <laughs> remember how he could never say, he could never, I was, I'm sorry. he couldn't say it. Well, that's the fawns. You're not the fawns, okay? You need to practice saying, I surrender. Here's the second word that your flesh hates. You ready? It hates the word surrender, and it hates the word submit. Hates the word surrender. It hates the word submit. So I said this to you, that the devil was against Jesus. The world is against God. And guess what? Your flesh is against the spirit. I want to tell you why we hate the word Submit. Because, don't look around, everybody just look straight ahead. Because we're stubborn. We're stubborn. Stubborn means to be unyielding. Submit means I bring myself under, under rank, I yield. But we do not like the word submit because we're stubborn. In our flesh, have you, have you realized yet? There's no good thing. Um, we, we don't like to surrender. Because we're selfish, we're self-reliant, and we don't like to submit because we're stubborn. Have you ever just, have you ever just kind of had a, um, a, a little, we'll not call it a fight, a disagreement with somebody? And have you ever had a heated disagreement with somebody? Maybe your spouse, maybe a relative. And um, you're realizing as this, disagreement is going on that as you hear yourself talk, you're realizing like, you don't even know if you believe what you're saying, but you are not giving in. Anyone ever been there? Like with your spouse? Like, I know she makes sense right now, but you know what? She's wrong. <laughs> Why is she wrong? Because you don't want to be wrong. <laughs> that doesn't happen in our house at all. I'm just, I've heard of this happening to people, but we can be really stubborn. And guess what? Your flesh is stubborn. I'm trying to help you how to overcome your flesh. The word surrender and the word submit. We struggle with this word in our culture. We struggle with this word even in the church world. And it's been abused. I get it. 
But these are, these are Bible words. These are Bible attitudes. I, I've seen people just doing ministry work as long as I have. I've seen people just really mess up their futures over things like submit. We struggle to submit with church leadership. We struggle to submit to our bosses. We struggle to submit. Now, we're never to submit to something that's unscriptural. But, man, we, I'm just telling you, if we'll check our attitudes, we'll check our submission, we'll check our surrender, God can do things in us. But we just stay frustrated because we struggle with these words. Let me keep moving on. I'm looking at your faces. I need to get out of here. Um, <laughs> look what Ephesians says. A few verses. Uh, Since you heard about Jesus and you learned the truth that comes from him, look what it tells us we should do. We should throw off. It doesn't say we should ease out. It should, we should do what? Throw off that old sinful nature and the former way of life that was corrupted by all of its lusts and deceptions. Instead, we should let the Spirit renew our thoughts and our attitudes, and we should put on a new nature created to be like God that's truly righteous and truly holy. When we become more and more dependent on the Holy Spirit, we become less stubborn. Can I say that again? When we become more and more reliant on the Holy Spirit, we become less stubborn. Because if you're a believer, that, that little voice inside of you, when you're wanting to be right, and on the inside there's something saying, you are so off on this. That's the Holy Spirit saying, dude, balance, Steer, turn the wheel, surrender, submit. And this is a really challenging thing to do, but it's, really, it's a really easy concept. Here's what the Bible word for submit means as far as dealing with some old habits and some old things. It means that we put distance between us and the old tendencies. You're stubborn because your flesh wants the old tendency, it wants the old habits, it wants the old sins, it wants the old opinions, it wants the old things. And the Bible is very clear, it says we, we need to throw off the old nature and put on the new nature. And that's something we have to do on an ongo- every day, every day. And so here's what that means. I need to put distance between me and my old nature. And your old nature might be some old habits, it might be some old opinions, it might be some old sins, it's just some old tendencies. And the Bible says put distance between it and you. And that tendency could have everything to do with a person. It could have everything to, uh, everything to do with a sin. Whatever it is, put some distance between. Don't see how close you can get. Don't see how strong you are. Don't see how close you can get to the line. <clears throat> are there any line walkers in here? Like, if this is the line, my wife, she's like, I'm over here. Me, I'm like. <laughs> any line walkers? Okay, it, Come on, I know some of you. I'm not seeing your hands. Some of you should be like this. Yeah, you're really confused where the line is sometimes. But, but we have this tendency because we get a little stubborn. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Are y'all with me? Um, and, and so the first thing it means is put some distance between you and that line. The second thing it means is to sink into truth. Put off the old, put some distance, and sink into truth. What's the truth? Some of us need to realize this. I'm going to help you because this is so simple you're going to miss it. We don't have a problem with sin. We have a problem with what we believe about sin. I'm going to explain it because you don't believe me yet. Sinking in the truth is knowing this. What does Christ say about you? You are forgiven. 
You are redeemed. You are reconciled. You are justified. You are an overcomer. You are blessed. You are free. You are delivered. That's what the word says about you. You need to sink into that truth. Because when you start to believe it, you will start to believe right about what sin is. Sin was in your old nature. It was a part of the old you. It's not a part of you now. It's just some old tendencies messing with your flesh. It's just some old tendencies messing with your thinking. God said, I died on the cross, and it was done on the cross. The problem is we're so stubborn, we got, we got the yeah buts. Well, I, I know what the Bible says, yeah, but this is how I feel. Yeah, but this old desire. Yeah, but you, you, need, to, you need to look at the yeah, buts and say, there, there's a bigger but than the yeah, buts. It's his but that's in the scripture. You were this. You're not that now. Matter of fact, I would tell you there is something you need to quote every morning, and it's out of Romans chapter 6, verse 11. And it says this, I am dead to sin. I'm alive to Christ. You need to look in the mirror and say, I'm dead to sin, I'm alive to Christ. I'm dead, if you mess up, I'm dead to sin, I'm alive to Christ. I'm dead, what are you doing? You're confessing what the word says. Sink into what the word says about you. We are, we are too focused and mindful of our old self and the old person. The only way you overcome that is get more mindful about what he said about you, who he says you are, what he says you can have. I, I would go as far as to say, some of you have said in churches where they preached how bad you were and how much you had to quit doing something and it never broke off of you until you sat somewhere where God loves you and you heard about grace and you heard about the goodness of God and it began to free you. Now, there's a place for preaching, and I'm going to do it on my next point, but I'm just saying, we've lived under condemnation instead of the correct word of God. You need to sink into the truth. You sink into the truth, and this is the truth, that, that there's a flesh that's still there, there's wrong thinking that's still there, but this is why he said, you need to take the word of God and renew your stinking thinking, and, and you, need to, you, need to, you need to discipline the flesh. Are you all with me? All right, let me bring all of this together. It's going to make sense here in, in the... In, in this last point. So your, your flesh hates the word what? And it really hates the word what? Here's a third word it hates. Starve. It hates the word starve. Here's why. Your flesh is obsessive. Your flesh is addictive in its nature. And it hates the word starve. Matter of fact, you're sitting here right now. You've been here for like an hour and so many minutes. And most of you are sitting here like, what's for lunch? <laughs> and you're going to leave here and you're going to have trouble figuring out where to eat because there are so many options. Anyone ever missed a meal? <laughs> you're like, well, I don't like to practice it. No, no, listen to me. You, you've missed a meal. Are you still here? You didn't starve, but man, your flesh hates the word starve. Okay, you ready to go somewhere for a moment? Here we go. I, I, I need your heart for a few minutes. Listen to this. This is the book of Galatians. This is chapter 5, verse 16, and, and look what it says. Let me emphasize this. I'm going to read you several verses. You ready? Let me emphasize this. As you yield, everyone say yield, to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon 
the cravings of your self-life. I just told you right there. How do you abandon the self-life? Here's how you do it. I yield to the Holy Spirit. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So there are two incompatible and conflicting forces within you. And uh, within you, these are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. Anyone ever been there? Verse 18 says, but when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer live under the law, but you're soaring above it. Here's what that scripture means. There ain't nothing good in your flesh. Just when you think you're getting there spiritually, one day, out of nowhere, your flesh rises up and you do or you say something that later you're like, why? Because there's nothing good in your flesh. Nothing good in your flesh. But the Bible actually talks about this. The moment you got saved, everybody stick with me. The moment you got saved, you started to live in the spirit. Before you got saved, you lived in the flesh. You didn't even know you were living in the flesh. You were really good about living in the flesh, but you were living in the flesh. And you just lived to appease your flesh. The moment you got saved, you went from living in the flesh to living in the spirit. Now, every day, you begin walking in the spirit. Now, when I was growing up, I went to a church, and they would once in a while talk about being led by the spirit, but it was always spooky. It just was spooky. I, I can even picture this lady who used to say it all the and it was just said, I'm just walking in the spirit. I'm not sure I wanted to walk there because she was weird. I'm just being honest with you, she was weird. <laughs> and they would preach, we've got to walk in the Spirit. I'm like, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm t- Here's what walking in the Spirit is. It's what we do every day. It means a couple things in Scripture. It means we walk around in the same vicinity so much that it's our habit. I, I bet... If you've lived in your residence for any period of time, you could walk through your house in the dark. I bet you could just walk through because you know where things are because you're used to it. It means get so used to walking in the spirit that you don't live in the flesh anymore. And it also means that you're not hurried, that you stroll. See, the flesh wants you to hurry and stumble and fall over things. But we need to be so used to walking around. What does that mean? Walking around in the things of the word. Walking around in the things of worship. Walking around in the things that God said. I'm just going to stay here instead of over there where I used to stay. God says I'm an overcomer. Hmm. God said I'm blessed. I'm going to stay right here. I'm just going to, this is my habit. I'm going to spend time with him. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay out of that. that. That's what it means to yield to the things of the spirit. The moment you got born again, you started walking in the spirit. Now my habit is walking different. You should have different habits in your life than you used to. But a frustrated believer is one who got saved but holds on to the same habits of yesterday. Where did those habits get you? Are you all still with me? Stay stay with me here. So look at it this way. The Holy Spirit is your tour guide. He's your tour guide. I I remember several years ago, I was in Tikal. That's where um, the Aztec ruins are. Um, 
you saw that in the Star Wars movies. Anyway, I was there. And so uh, this guy I was working with from this ministry, it was kind of a day off, so we were going on tour, and he hired a tour guide. And he said, I want you to give them the best behind-the-scenes tour ever. So this tour should have taken like an hour. It took like three hours. He was telling me stuff I didn't want to know, but he was telling us all these interesting facts, and he was leading his place. And we got right up to this one area, and he starts pointing at this tree, and one of the people in our group goes up to touch this tree, and he yells, stop, don't touch that tree. It was some kind of poisonous tree. The skin of it looked like a, a cow with markings, but it was a poisonous tree, and if he would have touched that tree, immediately his life was at risk. Now, if we wouldn't have had that tour guide with us, guess what? I would have came home with one less team member with me because he was unknowingly unaware of something that was not good for him. But because we had a good tour guide, he got us, even got us through an area where there, were, where there had just been a lot of muggings and rapings on this, where we were going. And because we had a tour guide, I'm still here today. Because the Holy Spirit's your tour guide, you'll still be here tomorrow if you learn to listen to it. Now, I got I to keep moving on, on some things for a moment. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. You ready? The Holy Spirit quickens the word to us. But if we walk contrary to it, we're walking in the flesh, and then we produce things of the flesh. So what the Holy Spirit's going to do as a tour guide, he's going to quicken the word of God to you. You're this. You're not to do that. You're, you're an overcomer. You're not this. You're to practice this. Don't go there anymore. Don't be at that crown. He's going to quit. He's going to be our tour guide. Here's what. I want to encourage you. You're, you're, you're going to walk through some stuff, get through some stuff, and you're going to be different. Why? Because you've got a tour guide. The world's crazy right now. You are going to come out the other side victorious. You know why? You've got a different tour guide. No, hear me. You're walking through some stuff right now. He's going to bring you through. Some people didn't get through it, but they didn't have the tour guide that you do. There are going to be some things in your life that you're going to miss out on and not have to deal with. Why? You got a different tour guide. That you're, you're going to go through some things and be romantically better. Why? You got a different tour guide. You're going to go through some things financially. You're going to, why? You have a different tour guide. It's the Holy Spirit. But if you don't yield to him, you're going to do it on your flesh. How many have ever had to reap some of the decisions from your flesh? Now, let me get to this ending. Are you all with me? Are you all with me? Galatians goes on and it says this. Just stick with me. I know I'm going a little bit long. I'm almost done here. Galatians says this. Because the self-life is obvious. And it starts listing things. Look what it says. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating people. Hatred of those who get in our way, senseless arguments, resentments when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all the similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things do not inherit the kingdom realm of God? So what the Bible says is this. Here's, here's my point to reading all of that. You know when there's areas of your life that are not surrendered, they're not submitted, and you're feeding in your life. Because the Bible just lists a bunch of them, and, it just, and at the end it says this, and the like. Which means anything that falls under that list, if those things are dominating or habitually still in our lives, it's areas of our life that we're not surrendering. And it says if those things are evident in our life, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't say the kingdom of heaven. 
It says the kingdom realm of God. Here's what that means. It doesn't mean you don't go to heaven. It just means you're not going to walk in victory and power and the level that God wants you to in your life if we're not yielding to the Holy Spirit. If we don't yield to him, these are the results in our lives. Jack Hayford said this, you can't discipline a demon and you can't cast out your flesh. But you can cast out a demon and you need to discipline your flesh. Anyone ever had a stray animal show up at your house? How many of you fed that animal? Does he maybe live in your residence right now? Here's my point. What you feed will hang around. And just because you starve something doesn't mean you're yielding. You have to feed your spirit. You starve your flesh and you feed your, you starve those old opinions and you feed your flesh the word of God. Your flesh doesn't like it, but you feed the, your flesh the word of God. You let God transform your thing. You take the word of God and the Holy Spirit will take that word of God, quicken it to you. And when you submit to it, guess what? You're going to come out of your frustration and you're going to walk into fruitfulness. Are y'all getting this this morning? Well, one last section of scripture. It goes on, it says, but the fruit that's produced from the Holy Spirit in you is divine love and all of its expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness and action, a life of virtue, faith that prevails, something like that one, gentleness of the heart, strength in your spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus have already experienced our crucifixion Everything connected with that old self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. If the Spirit is the source of your life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our life. Let me land this plane. Just like we know the devil's our enemy, we know things in the world are our enemy, your flesh is also an enemy. But the Word of God will conquer your flesh. The power of the Holy Spirit will help you conquer your flesh. All you have to do is practice every day, I surrender. Keep a life of submission and feed your spirit and starve your flesh. That means starve your flesh its opinions. Starve your flesh its desires. Starve your flesh its habits and feed the spirit man. Practice feeding the spirit man more and more and more. Read something in the Bible and say, I agree. Read something in the Bible and quote it over you. Confess it over you. Here's what we're going to do. I think, did I see them pass out communion? <clears throat> we're going to start passing out communion if we have. We had a little accident in the back, so you didn't get those on the way in, but um, is that how we're doing it? They're do- going to do it now? Okay, sorry. They're going to pass out communion. We're going to do a song, and here's what I want all of us to do during this song. I want us to reflect on our heart, and I want us to gauge our lives and see, God, what habits are in my life? That scripture I just read to you with all the list of things, it doesn't mean that there's just some sin. I mean, these are habits. If there are some wrong habits in your life, that means these are areas of our life that our flesh is dominating. And the Bible said it doesn't have to be that way. So we're going to take a moment. We're going to do a song. While we're doing the song, I want you to reflect. And when God shows you some stuff, I want you to repent right here, right now, today. You say, what's repent? Repent just means, God, I'm sorry I've allowed that. 
I yield to you in this area. So people have asked me about something. Y'all ready for this? People have asked me, what do you think about what's going on at uh, Asbury College, the revival? How many of you have seen that? This big revival that's happening. People have asked me what I, what I think about that. How many want to know what I think about that? Because we need to be careful about that. Here's what I think about that. Um, so first of all, uh, young adults, college age, have decided to repent of their lifestyles, be in God's presence and worship and hear the word. I think that's amazing. And I think it's about time. But here's what I want you to hear this morning. Because a lot of people like to run to revivals and listen to this. Hear me on this. What we're going to do right here, right now, we're going to repent. You know what? Revival could start in your heart and your life right here, right now. Okay, they're not listening to me. I'm coming over here. Y'all need to hear this, right? Get this. That's where revival starts with repentance. Did y'all hear that? You don't have to go somewhere to get it. It happens, it starts when you repent. And it leads to a reformation of how you're living, how the church is. I would love to see a revival break out in Life Point. It's very simple. You know how it happens? You and I, right here, right now, we repent. You know the Bible is very clear about that. Are y'all, are y'all with me? Stick with me for a minute. Here, the Bible is very clear about that. It says, if my people called by my name will humble themselves, they will pray if they will repent. The Bible says, I'll hear them from heaven and I'll heal their land. I will heal their land. I like to see God heal our demographic. I like to see God heal our region. I like to heal, see God heal our community. I like to see God heal your house. I like to see God heal your family. I like to see God restore your lineage. I like to see God restore your kids back to your family. I love to see that. You know where it starts? Right here, right now, in the next 10 minutes of you and I saying, God, I have elevated my opinions and my stubbornness and my feelings and my wants and my desires above what you say about me, above, and I've allowed some habits and things, and I repent right here, right now. Do you know what could happen in your life, your family, your church, your neck of the woods, and your neighborhood? Man, that's what revival is. Revival is me recognizing my wrong and knowing my need for God's right isn't just a moment of salvation. It actually is how I live my life. So I'm going to warn you, revival could start in your family right here, right now. Listen, every father in this place, you know when revival could start in your family? Right here, right now. Every mom in this place, you know, every young person in this place, every person in this place, you know when revival can start for you? Right here, right now. It starts with us repenting of our, letting our flesh just rule us. Are y'all getting me this morning? Say, I feel you. Can, can we stand up? So we're going we're gonna to sing, we're going to do a worship song while we're singing, while we're doing this worship song. I just want you to give God a, an open door to speak to you in your heart. God, are there some opinions? Are there some addictions? Are there some urges? Are there some thoughts that are just dominating my life, God, that I've allowed? And when he shows them to you, say, God, I repent. I repent. I repent.
Or is there some stuff we're holding on to we need to let go and forget? God, I repent. I repent. I want you guys to know there's, repentance means not to just feel sorry, but turn from it. So we're going to turn from it this morning. And as you repent, just, just start worshiping him. I'll be back up in a moment. We're going to seal all this with communion this morning. But I'm believing that in, the, in repentance this morning, God will start a revival work in you that will reform your life, begin to, to awaken your life, begin to let God. How many want God to just work greater things in you and through you? Here's what I'm trying to say. I could have said this if we'd been done a long time ago. You need to get out the way. You need to decrease. Let Jesus increase this morning.